to another episode of Harmony Podcast, the podcast that explores the intricate connections between environment, lifestyle, and culture. And in today's episode, I have a great guest, an important personality with me, and she goes by the name Laura Lee Lovren. She's a creation stewardship coordinator for the Baptist Mission Society, BMS, and also she's a uh, missionary in Peru. Laura, you are welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Laura. It's lovely to be here. Before we dive into this episode fully, can you tell us a bit of your background to this? Yeah, sure. So, um, so I'm from the UK. Uh, I've grown up in the UK, uh, but I moved out to Peru about 11 and a half years ago when I started work with the Baptist Mission Society. And I've gone through the whole kind of schooling, university. I have a, a, a botany degree. Um, and then I decided to go back for some more school myself, a master's in uh, soil science and environmental pollution. Um, and then I had the, the joy of working um, in the field of contaminated land uh, consultancy. Uh, so that was kind of the career path I was going on. But I was always feeling that I wanted to, as a person of faith, um, I really wanted to use um, my passion for how we interact with our environment as human beings. Uh, I wanted to use it somehow to to really help people and, and make the world a better place. So I was always looking for um, a way to do that, uh, in, perhaps in a more profound way. And that's how I connected up to the Baptist Mission Society uh, back in 2012. And they had this opportunity to come and work in the Peruvian Amazon, um, working with rural pastors, giving them integral training. And um, that's where my kind of journey with uh, as a missionary or a mission worker uh, started. And that, that's kind of how I really got into talking about creation stewardship and, and unpacking that in different contexts. Um, and I'm still doing that to this day. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Laura. And to let our audience know, the topic that we are looking at today is the concept of creation stewardship. Okay, mm-hmm. Laura, if I may ask you, um, can you can you provide an overview of what creation stewardship entails and its significance in today's world? Sure, I would love to. So we talk about I talk about creation stewardship. Um, we could also call about uh, talk about environmental stewardship. I do it from a perspective of, of my faith, um, so I talk about creation. But then also, what does stewardship mean? Uh, for me, I understand that to be how we act as human beings, what our, uh, what is our involvement with creation? What is our involvement with um, the environment? And it's about what we need to extract, what we need to harvest uh, from our environment that we need to just live and have our being in the world. Uh, but it's also how we think about how we maintain those resources or even how we enhance those resources so that we can go on using them and being blessed by them in the future. So for me, stewardship is how we think about what we need to take out, but also how we maintain and also put back in. Um, you know, a good a good sort of financial steward is, is never going to give back to the investor less than they've been given, right? Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. would be a bad steward. So when I think about being a creation steward, it, it's about or how can we actually enhance um, all the resources that we have at our fingertips in, in various different ways, right? Um, as different mm. human beings doing different things in different parts of the world. 
Um, but how do we go about using and enhancing um, those resources? And for me, that's kind of what stewardship uh, is about. And it's relevant for all of us because we all need all of the resources <laughs> that, yeah. we, that we find in the world. We're all a part of it every day, uh, whether we think about it or not. It, it is just a part of our being humans uh, in this world. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much for, for that wonderful intro. And of course, for giving a, a great background as to, as to what creation stewardship entails okay moving forward you know for the concept of creation stewardship you can't take away faith and environmental responsibility or let me say environmental sustainability let me ask you laura how does mm. the concept of creation stewardship bridge the gap between faith and environmental responsibility yeah I, for me it's it's it's, it's so obvious i guess <laughs> <laughs> uh, because I mean, I start because I start from uh, my my point of view of faith is you know straight away it, it has God that has created all of these things. None of this, none of us have our being if it wasn't that God first moved, God first spoke. Um, so for me, there's a very very obvious connection between my faith um, and then how I react, how I interact with what God has made. Um, yeah. Yeah, how can I believe in a God but then not respect and, and honour what he has created? What is it? His handiworks. You know, we, there's, a, um, there's a, a, a verse I love, you know, which is which basically says, you know, the earth is the Lord's, all its fullness, mm. the world and those who dwell therein, right? So yeah. you can't, I can't separate the two, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's very, very important. Okay, yeah. ask you, let me also ask you, going to the text now, many religious texts mention human having dominion over health. How does this concept evolved to, to encompass responsibility or let me say responsible mm-hmm. care rather than yeah. dominion? So how do you distinguish the two now, responsible care now and dominion? Yeah, this is such such an important question to answer. How we understand this word dominion in the first place, I think is absolutely key. You know, uh, even just going back to the question about faith and environmental responsibility, like God created, I believe God created the world and the universe. Um, but I also believe that we're at the beginning of things when God brought human beings into being in, in his image. Um, he gave us a commission right at the start um, to, and it's to do various things, not just one thing. Uh, it was to fill the earth, to subdue it, uh, have dominion over it, but also to cultivate it, to work it and to care for it. So dominion has to be understood, I believe, in the context of all of those different uh, parts of the commission that God has given us. We can't take it out of its context. And I think that's one of the things that we are, as human beings, we are we often do um, and we do to our detriment because dominion has become a very negative word. I think it's a much aligned term, much maligned term, sorry. But I think when when we look at that term within the context of which it's uh, used, I mean, I guess I'm speaking from obviously a Christian point of view, not everyone listening may be a Christian, but certainly from uh, the perspective that, that, that I see is that dominion is what we need to do is recover, recover the true sense of what, what does it mean to have dominion? I think of, for example, when God shows his dominion, what he does is he brings the world into being right mm, by yeah. his word he brings um a fruitful world which is 
flourishing just for life uh, where once there was uh, a formless void <laughs> um, he contends with those forces of kind of primordial chaos and he brings order and that that looks like a world which is full of life and just brimming over with with productivity and with fecundity so when when we're, we're then kind of faced with this sense of okay well human beings we, we have dominion well, what does that look like we don't we don't look inside our own hearts i think we have to look at god god is the model for that because our hearts are corrupted right um, but we believe god is the divine mod for all that that um that he desires us to be and that includes the ones that have dominion and we see right we see a compassionate god we see a, a just god we see a god who has created something again flourishing full of yeah. like ingenious in its in its ways of, of producing things and recycling things and reworking things and and, and and functioning it's an ingenious amazing thing so for me it's about how do we a people of faith actually recover what it means to have dominion and realize that within it it does mean responsible care it means responsible governance that we will have to give account of to the one <laughs> who gave us that responsibility in the first place. Yeah. We don't see a God whose dominion is just simply tyrannical and destructive and abusive. Um, <laughs> so I don't really think that we as people of faith can also believe that dominion of the earth should look like that. We, we classify that. I think we have yeah. to uh, see it in a different way. Wow, that's that's amazing. Uh, not leaving that question yet, um, <laughs> Emphasis from what you have said, and I, I can categorically say that um, a lot, a lot of, a lot of people have misconstrued the true meaning of dominion. Yeah, great, <laughs> because yeah. a lot of people will see dominion in the negative part and the negative perspective. Yeah, from destroying, killing things of, I mean, on the on the negative negative aspect of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, if I'm allowed to kind of. Uh, Sort of bring in this is one wonderful example. I mean, there's many wonderful examples. Yeah, please go ahead. Um, from, and it, it is a biblical one. I hope that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but so basically, what I what I thought I would I do uh, just is, is check where all the the uses of this word dominion um, that we find. Um, I mean, again, from the the, the Judeo-Christian perspective, and one of the key places that we again see um, dominion as being modelled uh, is in the person of Solomon. Mm. Uh, that that second king of, of of Israel, who was known as the wisest man, yeah. <laughs> the wisest king, right? Um, and there's a wonderful passage which kind of indicates was very clearly what did it look like for Solomon uh, to have dominion. And uh, there's a beautiful passage talks about how he had dominion over all the regions, um, and there was peace on every side all around him. And the people uh, they dwelt safely, each man under his vine and his fig tree. Um, and that God gave Solomon wisdom and exceedingly great understanding and largeness of heart. Uh, he composed uh, what is it, uh, three thousand proverbs. His songs were one thousand and five, and also he spoke of trees hmm. and also he spoke of the animals and the birds of creeping things and the fish and men of all nations came hmm. to hear the wisdom of solomon so that's what the dominion of solomon <laughs> looked like right hmm. what a what an interesting um model of dominion it's so different from what as you say what today when we think of what does dominion look like it, 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 it 
it's something that's very ugly, right? Yeah. <laughs> word, very ugly. Uh, and that's that's not really, that's not the true concept of dominion that we should be aiming for. Thank you. Thank you for shedding more light on, on that. Uh, I'm sure our listeners would uh, learn a lot from that. We are, we are now moving to the art of this discussion. Yes. And for me, it's important to talk about this, bringing bringing our faith and, of course, linking them with uh, how we can conserve or, let me say, protect our environment. Let me ask you, Laura, in what ways does um, creation stewardship contribute to addressing global environmental challenges like the climate change, pollution, and of course, loss of biodiversity? Yeah, I, I would say it's the fundamental reason why we even think about trying to address these things. Creation stewardship is a, is the underlining philosophical standpoint or religious belief or ideology. Um, that That is why we think as humans, we should even be trying to do anything about these things, as you refer to that, that triple planetary crisis, you know, climate, environmental pollution and biodiversity collapse, because we understand that actually this is a responsibility that's laid on us as human beings. We have the greatest impact. We have the, we are having the greatest impact for, for, for ill, um, but we also have the greatest capacity to impact the world for good. Uh, so for me, it's absolutely crucial as to why we even bother <laughs> thinking about these things. Um, without it, perhaps we'd just say, well, you know, the world does what the world does. Um, it will sort itself out. But but I don't I don't believe that's the case. I think we can see um, that we have a responsibility um, as far as we also have an impact in there for each one of us um, needs to kind of evaluate the way we live, our values, um, and how we are contributing to to each of these three things that you've mentioned, and what, what can we do to change, both on a personal level, in a family level, at a level, at a church level, um, at a national level. Um, but yeah, creation stewardship for me is just what underpins why why I even believe that's something worth trying to do. Oh, thank you so much for that. Okay, moving on, let us talk about the interconnectedness between mm-hmm. um, all living beings and the natural world. So how does how does the concept of creation stewardship encourage a sense of interconnectedness between all living beings and the natural world. Yeah, I, I'm going to say this is probably one in which uh, those of us that, that kind of work a lot in talking about creation stewardship, we're probably a little bit divided <laughs> as to how we kind of how we kind of think about these things. On the one hand, um, I feel that I understand that human beings, in one sense, we are we because we have a um, given responsibility we, we we do have a certain level of authority to govern um which other creatures uh, on the earth do not have um mm. i i hesitate to say hierarchy because i think that's also a much maligned word that often has <laughs> negative connotations but we we have some level of authority which puts us in a different position a different relation to the rest of creation than the other than other organisms other organisms sorry and that is it's not because we're wonderful it's because we're we are the the image of god right um but at the same time the more you understand about how creation functions um and how we as also organisms carbon-based just like everyone else um we understand that actually as stewards um we are not kind of we're not exonerated 
or immune from the consequences of our own stewardship. Um, if we're good stewards of the earth, then we will be blessed alongside all the other creatures of the earth. If we're bad stewards, as we're finding out now, um, it's not only the creatures the rest of the world that suffers but we also will suffer so in that sense um, we cannot separate ourselves from that which we have responsibility over we are still completely embedded in alongside all the other birds of the birds of the sky the animals of the of the field the fishes of the sea uh, what blesses them also blesses us you know what uh, what curses them also curses us as stewards we we have a, a role over but we're also embedded in it um whenever i do uh, talks i do a fair number of uh, sort of talks and, and and webinars about this topic one of the things I, I like to kind of bring in is the concept of a basic environmental impact assessment now um it, it's very long i don't know why there's always such long terminology but basically it's how do you look at your given activity or what it is or your life or what your church is doing or uh, what you do at work or your project how do you look at it and ask two questions which are really simple the questions are what impact does what i'm doing have on the environment the second one what impact does the environment have on what i'm doing because you cannot separate the two there are always impacts and they always run in both directions because of this because we are so interconnected with our environment we can't extricate ourselves from it (laughs) so we have to think we have to always think in both directions Thank you for shedding more light on, on that um, level of interconnectedness. Um, Laura, uh, I know that you are a professional in this field. And of course, on this theme that we are talking about, let us talk about education and awareness. So can you tell us what are the roles, or let me say, what role does education and awareness play in fostering a a deeper understanding of creation stewardship within faith communities and and beyond? Yeah, it's absolutely foundational. (laughs) It's absolutely (laughs) foundational. Uh, You can't value what you don't know. You can't fix what you don't understand, right? Um, Education is the key for all of those things. So I found that a lot of my work... Um, over the last 10, 11 years is is about getting into these conversations, raising awareness at different levels from working with young people, women's groups, pastors in rural areas, working in rural areas, working in urban areas, and just and just stimulating that conversation um, and then being able to feed in that information, asking questions and starting to actually look around themselves. And a lot of people would say, you know, I've just never thought about it. (laughs) That's what I I hear a lot. I've just not thought about it. I didn't think it was that important. And then they start looking around and realizing, wait a minute, the environment, creation is everything all around us all of the time. Um, So often we we just don't think about it. Our eyes aren't on it. I mean, I've I've been studying, you know, biology, geography, chemistry since I was at... uh, 16, 17 years old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was always studying those things. I'm still studying now. <laughs> um, um, always studying environmental science, always studying um, the biosphere, how it all fits together. So for me, it seems obvious, but for so many people, so many people, um, it's just this thing that's going on in the background and they don't really stop 
and and take the time to appreciate what's actually happening around me. Um, so I think education, in terms of just basic kind of environmental education is so key uh, in terms of the aspects of justice and how because we're all in, interconnected, um, creation stewardship is also how we impact one another with the, with the decisions we make. Often we just don't know um, our world, although it's, it's getting smaller, it's also very, very complex and sometimes you just don't realise what is, you know, you make one decision about what you're going to buy in the supermarket. You don't know the impact that has uh, down the line because you've got no idea who produced it or where it's been produced or what are the methods of its production. You don't know if it was sustainable or polluting or, you know, um, this is where education and awareness um, also starts to come in. Um, just growing our understanding of, of, of what our world consists of, um, particularly for us as consumers. And that, I mean, obviously I'm speaking more in a sense as you talk to adults um, or young adults as consumers in a world that is constantly pushing us to be consuming more, right? Um, yes. But those supply chains are so complex now, we often don't know where things come from or or who's who's made them under what conditions. Um, and then for, just for young children, they just need to have their their curiosity stimulated because their minds are like like sponges and they take all this stuff in uh, mm. so much more easily and they come out with these questions which are far more incisive often <laughs> than, than adults as adults perhaps are even willing to to, to ask. Um, mm. So I think yeah, education raising awareness is key because because our environment is just always there. Most of us most of the time don't really take much notice of it. Um, we don't really understand perhaps how it works. I say you can't fix what you don't understand and you certainly can't value what you what you don't know what you can't recognize one last little uh, anecdote um, i come from a family where my, my father is a, a physics teacher um, okay. and he he always says you know i should have studied physics why on earth did i study biology um, <laughs> physics is nice and neat uh, it's got these rules and everything obeys the rules and you know but biology is chaos um, and and he says things like you know you've seen one tree you've seen them all and he does this he does this to to kind of wind me up right um, but the fact is we know like if you look at a forest I'm studying tropical forestry now um, yeah. if you look at a forest of trees a natural forest for, if you don't know if you've never stopped to look at it you can easily imagine you know one tree is just like every other tree it's not until you stop or you have someone who can say well have you noticed there's actually different types of tree here <laughs> so you can't value biodiversity if you've never even stopped to think what it is and observe it around you so education 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 <laughs> so important uh, for this good thank you for for letting us know um the role of um education and awareness in fostering mm -hmm. a deep understanding of um, creation stewardship. All right, uh, moving on before we, 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 we call it a wrap now, let us look at it, look at this uh, topic from the perspective of um, different individuals from different backgrounds or let me say different mm. ideologies. So yeah. um, can you tell us or let me say, can you shed more light on how can individuals from diverse or different backgrounds embrace the principle of um, creation stewardship, even if they don't follow a specific religious belief? Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, like how I was thinking, what's the best way to, to answer that? Um, yeah. I think for me, it's 
one of the things that we can all do, for example, is justice, um, mm. and that we want just societies. I want, uh, I want just actions. And now that our world is the way it mm. is, we understand our interconnectedness means that my decisions do have an impact on people mm. who are perhaps on the other side of the world, and they can be decisions for good or they can be for bad. Um, mm. They can help people on the other side of the world have a more polluted environment, or they can do the opposite for example what am i going to choose how am i going to um, leverage my my influence in the world um and that, that for me i think that's a justice issue i think wherever you are you you are hopefully hopefully aspiring to live a just life um, yeah. and i suppose the other part for me is that again uh, what what i would imagine is is a um an axiom that most people would accept for what underpins a good society is, is loving your neighbor and loving your neighbor is yourself. Mm. Um, and that obviously leads on to this sense of, of, what, of where justice comes in. But what does it mean to love your neighbor as yourself? And, um, and a, uh, a friend, a friend of mine gave this uh, definition of environment, um, which I love and I repeat everywhere. It's, the environment is that which surrounds the people you love. So mm. what you do in that environment will show, that's one of the ways we show our esteem for the people around us, our love for the people around us, our values of the people around us, and beyond that, because we live in a global interconnected society now. So I feel like whatever whatever ideological um, philosophy you're coming from, I think if we can agree on the fact that we need we need to live lives where we treat one another, love one another in the way that we would want to be treated. Um, and I guess speaking from the perspective of I'm a British person who, right? Mm. Um, in the UK, we have very high levels of per capita consumption. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, we like to consider ourselves an advanced capitalist society or an advanced industrial society. That just means we consume a lot of stuff. We're very yeah. materialistic. Um, and now I live in Peru, and Peru is a country which is sort of middle income, but it, it's, it's strong on primary production. It's a mining country, it's a farming country, it's an oil and gas country. So it produces all of those raw resources, raw materials that is required to make all those things that we buy and consume in the UK. And I can see, right, I live here in Peru, I've been here over a decade, I can see the problems caused by mining, um, you know, mining those precious metals, mining those rare earths, just mining copper, which is required for every single electronic <laughs> piece of equipment on the planet, right? You can see the problems that it's caused when that is done in a way that, which only looks at, you know, we need to get it as cheaply as possible, cheaply as possible up to the global north. Um, and that means we don't worry about the soil soil erosion, not soil erosion, the soil pollution, the pollution of groundwater, the pollution of the air, which those local communities suffer from and get sick from, right? Um, at any one moment in Peru, there's something like between 70 or 80 indigenous communities or rural communities demonstrating against a mine that is operating uh, in their region, right? Because because we in the in the, what we said the global south, we in global, we want to have as much as we want as cheaply as as, as we can get it. Yeah. Is is that a just? Is that a just <laughs> mindset? Am I showing love to my Peruvian brothers and sisters, right? Um, so I think if we can all get around the sense of how do we love one another uh, through how we can what kind of a consumer are we and um, the environment is that which surrounds 
all of the people that we uh, supposedly love and honour. Um, and I would hope that um, most people, regardless of their religious or kind of philosophical <laughs> ideology, could, could get behind that. I don't know, what yeah. do you think? Yeah, I mean, amazing thoughts from you there. <laughs> I mean, that's that, that love at work. I mean, you are preaching love and of a truth. If you can love, then it, it will reflect on our environment and even mm-hmm. on, on the environment of the people that we love. <laughs> Thank yeah. you so much for that um, amazing thoughts. Okay, finally, what are, the, what are your final words? I, You know, there's this question popping up right now. And, oh, yeah. Uh, maybe, let, let, let me make it a two-in-one question. Okay, first of all, what, what what are your advice for religious leaders? Or let me say, leaders yeah. of different religious beliefs now. You might not, you can just um, put every everything together, maybe as a, as a sort of advice for them on this particular topic. And of course, you can give your final words. So you can take the two together. Yeah, yeah. Oh, massive question. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it comes back to education as well. And perhaps I didn't mention much about yeah. that when we were talking about that. But I think for religious leaders, it, you need to talk about this. You need yeah. to teach about this. <laughs> Yeah, it yeah. needs to be in the pulpit. It needs to be in the Bible studies or in the studies of whatever it is that you do. Um, mm. But but faith communities need to be talking about this. I I, I would say, I mean, probably regardless of, of whatever your religious background is, most of us believe in in the divine kind of origin of of the world. So we, other peoples in the world, should have a reason for for wanting to talk about this and raise the awareness of of this amazing world and what is happening to it we should be on the front on the front row we should be in the pulpit basically (laughs) so i would say for religious leaders you need to teach about this it needs to come from the front um and it needs to be modeled of course as well by leaders (laughs) Uh, it's not enough to just talk about it we also need to live it and model it um and yeah that 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 needs to happen far more than it's happening um, at the moment. I mean, in different parts of the world, I think it, it's, it is becoming um, something that is, is being taken on by churches, but not, I would say, probably not nearly enough. Um, we need to be people of faith. I think we need to be on the front front of the front of the the not the queue, but the, <laughs> in, the, in the front line. Yeah, front line. <laughs> yeah, speaking about this and advocating yeah. for this um, and encouraging people to think about living differently and living differently ourselves. So yes, um, please step up, step up, religious leaders. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, Laura, your final words. Yeah, I would say just. Um, for everyone listening, um, we can't individually change the world, but we can transform our own lives. Um, and I think that's really key to remember. Creation stewardship is this massive, massive topic because the environment is basically everything. Um, but as individuals, we have power to to live how we choose and to, to a certain extent anyway, to make choices um, that reflect our values. Um, and together, when all of us make different decisions, then then the direction of things can change. But we all need to take our part in that. So I encourage people not to be a discouraged issue. There's so many things that are going wrong in our environment mm. in creation. Uh, we can't as individuals fix them all, but we can all do our part. Um, and I just encourage listeners to do that if they do nothing else. <laughs> Wow, this is massive. 
thank you so much, Laura, for for this awesome insights that you have just shared on today's um, episode of Amini Podcast. And um, of course, we talked about the concept of creation stewardship. Laura um, dived deeply into the topic of discussion and she, she shared amazing and amazing insights, I must say. So, Laura, thank you so much uh, for coming on this episode. Thank you so much for having me, Ola. It's been a real pleasure. Real pleasure. All right. To all our listeners, I want to thank you for joining this episode of Amini Podcast. And I want to say that please ensure that you join the next episode of Amini Podcast where we shall continue to talk about the intricate connections between environment, lifestyle, and culture. Thank you.